0: Namaskar and welcome to NFL Masala. I'm your co-host Anant.
1: And I'm your other co-host Rakshak. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 23 of NFL Masala, where we talk about all the latest happenings in the NFL with a little bit of
0: spice. So today we are going to do a recap of Week 9, do a preview of Week 10 after some Tamakadar news. Um, So yeah, let's get started. And before that, I want
1: to wish everyone a happy Diwali. And this this festival of lights May the light of good shine over each and every one of y'all's lives.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely need a lot more light today. Mm-hmm. Let's go. Yep. All right. So starting with the first bit of the Makadar news. Um, I don't know if you guys caught this, but during the uh, Jets game this past week, you could see Aaron Rodgers sort of, quote-unquote, practicing in the middle of the field. He was throwing 55-yard bombers on his leg, running three-step drops. So um this is probably one of the most fascinating things to keep track of, just his relationship with uh, health and science, uh, how after six weeks he's on the field. Um after an achilles tear and or not six weeks eight weeks and it was just like what is going on here um so after making that indication he revealed uh in an instagram post with a uh watch that marked 1228 uh as you know the time that he's going to return. All right, so that was vaguely hinting that he's going to be back on the field playing for the Jets in about six weeks. He also said this on the Pat McAfee show, it'll be a few fortnights. So, yeah. He even said during the post-game handshakes while uh, Derwin James was dapping uh, Aaron Rodgers up, Aaron Rodgers said, um, you know, in a few weeks where Derwin James was saying, you know, well, when are you going to come back? And Aaron Rodgers was saying uh, in a few weeks. And this was caught on camera. You know, there was a little bit of uh, lip reading there that had to be done. But still, like, geez, the fact that even if somehow Aaron Rodgers comes back into, uh, into the play for, for the Jets, In the same season where he tore his Achilles, that's just something unheard of. And I'm all for it. I'm all for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. That's all I can say. Yep. Yep. Alrighty. Moving on. All right. With this, we actually, I, I, this is a story that, um, we have to talk about this, um, this was record. This was um. This was mentioned on. This was this report. This was reported on November seventh, um, according to Sarah Barshop of ESPN. The Los Angeles Rams have reached an agreement with to get a new quarterback. Brett Ripon is not the answer. Matt Stafford <laughs> is injured, so guess who they rely on? Mr. Carson Wentz.
0: Of course, that's the
1: player that they bring in. Yep. They made the move during their bye week. It gives Wentz time to get acclimated to the LA offense. Um, It's going to be, I mean, he'll, I think he'll definitely like the Sean McVay offense, but it's um, definitely interesting because with Stafford leaving the Rams' week eight loss to Dallas Cowboys with a sprained um, right thumb, he did not play against Green Bay. And Brett Ripon, I think Ananth, you'll get to him a lot more. And I think on Tuesday, the Rams weighed ripen that day. And um, yeah, they did that. And, and the funny thing is, it's kind of like a full circle because now that I think about it, in the 2016 draft, Jared Goff was the number one pick by the Rams. The Eagles moved up to number two and got drafted Carson Wentz. And now look how the tables have turned. Wentz is now the new number one quarterback for the LA Rams and the Eagles are doing good just like my man um just like um like what we're doing with our qb jalen hurts and i mean then again carson once we thank you for taking us to the super bowl for giving that big record but at the end it sucks man it just sucks Mm -hmm. what do you got next
0: so up next, we have a little bit of news from the Bengal side. Jamar Chase apparently has some back soreness that he was dealing with over the, um, over, over the victory over the Buffalo Bills this past week. Uh, it was a tough hit that resulted in him falling on his back, which resulted in the injury. He finished the game, but they're unsure of the injury's extent. And so far, if you look at the depth chart, there hasn't been anything. He's still marked as questionable. T. Higgins is out. So this could prove pretty important uh, for this upcoming Texans-Bengals game. You know, um, if they don't have their top two receivers, it's going to be very, very interesting. So, yeah, well, just uh, just uh, an injury thing to keep uh, keep an eye on.
1: Oh yeah, definitely, man. I think like unfortunately, when it ma- when when you least expected, the injury bug hits everyone. Mm-hmm. It sucks. But um, anyway, this was breaking news from yesterday that I feel we had to report, and I want to say it's a bit of a cuter news. So, I for I think um there's um apparently the Big Ten um call so it, this is good regarding the college football. So there's a conference called the Big Ten. It includes all schools, like all um, Midwest, the North, um, the, the, the North Middle Schools, I guess. Now, yeah, North- Midwestern schools. Mid- yeah, Midwestern schools. schools. <laughs> yeah, Midwestern schools. Okay. You got it. Um, Yeah. And one conference is called the Big Ten. Unfortunately, they found out that um, they announced on Friday that um, Michigan Wolverines, Um, Michigan University Wolverines um, head coach, Jim Harbaugh, who used to be a head coach in the NFL with the 49ers. And um, he was suspended for the remainder of the regular season game um, as the conference is disciplining the program under a sportsmanship policy and amid an ongoing um, NCAA investigation with um, the sign-stealing scandal. Um, NCAA is the National Collegiate Athletic Association and um and apparently during that same time, Harbaugh and the university just requested a temporary restraining order in um in one of the county courts and um and it'll give the judge the ability to stop that suspicion before a hearing against the defendants. And um it was and this and and I think like this was um in regards to what was ha- like one Michigan university staffer was fired or like released when apparently he was found in other universities for sign stealing. Like he would, he would come up like as an audience. And, um, when looking at, and then while watching other, while basically scouting their opponents, they would observe what the signs are all about. Like what defensive play calling or the offensive play calling signs, like how the coaches would like express their um the plays to the quarterbacks um or to or to their defense or to their other defensive players and um it, it's another i mean all i could say is um damn this is this is about to get really ugly pretty fast that's all i could say
0: yeah this is something that we definitely need to keep track of Uh, Because it could have huge ramifications for, you know, college football for even for the NFL, because Jim Harbaugh was, you know, kind of primed to take over some of the, you know, head coaching jobs, especially like, let's say, Chicago, where he played. Um, So that would be very interesting to see what happens from 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 the fallout of this uh, issue. So, yeah, that's it for the Dhamakadar news segment. And now, we are going to move on to the Week 9 recap. <laughs> Our games. <laughs> before, I we get, yeah, before we get to the glorious moment, I'm going to take, I'm going to revel in a little bit of a victory here. Because the Packers did defeat the Rams 20-3. to um, And you know what? Something magical happened during this game. Really? The Packers scored a touchdown in the oh. first half. Oh, yo. is it so? It was a miracle, dude. The clouds opened and God granted all of Packer fandom a gift.
1: It's a Diwali miracle, man. It was
0: a Diwali miracle <laughs> one week before Diwali was supposed to happen. <laughs> and guess what it took? It what did it take? Feeding Aaron Jones. Who knew that giving the ball to your best offensive player will get you points? I mean, am I crazy? Or is this not a a, a statement of fact for every NFL team? Right? Like, this is a dream come true, bro. Has it taken to get Aaron Jones the football? Just like how Eagles bullied Sirianni last year into running the football. No, last last right year, thing. yeah.
1: Yeah, run the ball, run the ball, yeah.
0: We basically did the same thing in a much more milder uh, situation where we bullied our head coach, Matt LaFleur, into giving Aaron Jones the football, and he did. And we ran the football right down the throats of the Rams. 38 carries, 184 yards, which is 4.84 yards per carry and a touchdown. Aaron Jones, 20 carries. Last time he had 20 carries was last year against the Cowboys. So it's been nearly a year since he'd had about 20 carries. Hmm. And yeah, he only had about like three and a, uh, 3.8 yards per carry. But that's fine. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because he still had a spring in a step being 29 years old. Right, and he looked like the Aaron Jones of old. And that's exactly what we need. Like if we had a middle of the pack offense, we would be six and two or seven and one right now. Why? Because our defense since week five has been the second best team in terms of scoring points per game, right behind the Steelers, at allowing just fifteen and a half points per game.
1: Wow. Joe Barry's doing something right then. Mm-hmm. That's a shock. You I don't I know. I, I, I don't know if these if what I like those words would ever be repeated again. Joe Barry doing something
0: right. Mm-hmm. He still needs to be fired. But nonetheless, <laughs> nonetheless. Uh so you know that one was uh, very surprising to watch. We finally are running our offense well we had really good passing game as well even with a coupled with a powerful running game and we had a couple of good individual performance finally Dontavion wicks standout second round pick for us this past year four targets four catches 49 yards he did have a fumble but I love the camaraderie in the team that, you know, that really showed because there was a lovely shot of Malik Heath, who also had a fumble, and Aaron Jones, who also had a fumble, uh, comforting him on the benches, just saying, you know, hey, don't you worry about that, just pick it up, you know, you'll be fine, just move on to the next ball, right, so that was was a really nice moment to watch, but uh, he had a really good performance, and then second half Jordan Love, dude, 12 of 13 160 yards one touchdown 146.3 passer rating like damn not much you can ask for there i mean it's just like this is exactly what we are right just second half passing offense first half what i hoped would be a powerful first half running offense and finally It's taken shape, but we still just scored 20 points, barely.
1: But man, like what an incredible, I mean, I did see some highlights of Jordan Love and that, uh, and the Green Bay offense. It was actually clicking when you run the ball a little bit more and you have those design runs. It works so much, like, especially for Jordan Love, who
0: is basically his first start, his first full start this season right yeah i mean this is what we wanted from a from a young qb and a, a head coach give him a competent easy offense to work with cuz we don't have the talent uh to support him in that way and not everybody can be cj stroud right so it is comforting to see that we are actually You know, running the football, we got 21 first downs uh, this past game, you know, only allowed one sack against that Aaron Donald led, you know, defense. And whatever anybody says about the Rams defense, you still have Aaron Donald. So, you know. Doing that, that's that's still pretty good. One of one on fourth down conversion. Thirty-five minutes in time in terms of the time of possession. So the offense did do their job. And then if you want to talk about their defense, uh, on our uh, about our defense, we did a pretty good job. Albeit it's versus Brett Rippin, who has now you know been released. But all we did was shut down the running backs and Puka and Cup, and Rippin could do nothing right so that's that's basically the mantra um another couple of good individual plays here from carrington valentine in relief of rasul douglas who we all know got traded um isaiah mcduffie in relief of quay walker who was injured and Jonathan owens uh before he got injured as well jonathan owens i want to give a shout out one sack eight tackles uh You know, three solo tackles, one uh, fumble recovery, and I believe one interception. So he was fantastic. He was fantastic this game. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it was a very good improving uh, performance. But we still had a lot of mistakes. Three fumbles. Two of them lost. 50% Fifty percent on third down conversion rate, seven of fourteen, and eight penalties. So this still exists. So I think like if we want to reflect a little bit during the midseason now, um it really goes to show that the Packers I, I you know, I don't think we were expecting I guess we were expecting to be a playoff team, but given how we were performed. We're more like a five six win team. Uh, barely we'll see if we can get to six wins. Most likely, we'll probably have uh, four or five wins get into like the top five uh draft pick, and hopefully, we might get like an offensive lineman or something. But yeah, that's it from the Rams and Packers. Now, moving on to the game of the week Dallas versus. Billy. Go ahead,
1: Adam, I got I have I I mean I'm 31 years old. And this game 21? I'm 31 years okay, old.
0: Okay,
1: got it, got it. I mean, but watching games like this is way too dangerous for my health.
0: Heart <laughs> attacks
1: galore. But Adam, I got one thing to ask you, man. <clears throat>
0: How about them Cowboys? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, suck it!
1: Oh, yeah. Abhishek Shake, I know that you're listening. You're gonna be listening to this pretty soon. But how does this L sp- How does this L taste? You cannot spell Dallas without an L. Tape me- two Ls. <laughs> just and and you can say like oh my god oh this is gonna be a great game oh and he was and you dude you know the amount of trash talk he was saying oh my god barbecue chicken all that well guess what Barbecue group
0: chat dude barbecue
1: barbecue chicken turned out to be zapdos and he shocked you guys (laughs) that's right i pulled out a freaking pokemon reference and zapdos they're shocked and you know what I got a quote for y'all. Jail, like how we talk about, like, um, I'm a big wrestling guy, especially with like, um, this is got this one of my favorite wrestlers, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He wins this big tournament um, called King of the Ring in 1996. As as soon as he's interviewing him, he goes off. And he brings up an iconic line. He says the quote I say, You dump your Bibles and you say your prayers. Talk about Psalms. talk about talk about John 316. Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. He says that on TV and it becomes a seller. You know what? I got a psalm right here. It's called Hertz 316. Jalen Hertz said, I just tush-pushed all over
0: y'all. <laughs> 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 or, I don't know, uh, it's it should be hurt 365 because every opponent has to be hurt 365 oh, yeah. days in a year. Oh, yeah, him.
1: via the brotherly shove, you can't stop it, it's inevitable, like just like Thanos, man. We, we just, and all I have to say is the Eagles win. good guys win, bad guys lose. And this happened during that Diwali week. Good triumph over evil, Evil Abhishek. You got to get used to it, my man. You just got to get used to it. And I like to break down into a couple of things. Eagles offense. What a freaking performance from the Warrior, Mr. Jalen freaking Hurts. Anand, can we drop a respect shout out for his name, man? Put some respect in his name. He played with a bad knee. And apparently he was a great as a pocket passer. His final stats, 17 for 23, 270, 207 yards of passing, two touchdowns. And Ana, did you see him turn over the ball? Nada. Uh, nope. He was sacked, of course, three times because, I mean, he was kind of stationary. He was playing with a bad knee, I expected. He had a 130.2 passer rating in that game. And oh my God the best part was the first scoring drive. And I mean, there were certain times which I saw, like, I mean, of course, the offense did not commit any turnovers at all. Very crucial. And uh, apparently the Eagles had that luck in recovering those fumbles. Like, the past couple of games I saw the Eagles play, they were fumbling, they were turning over the ball, Hurts was throwing picks. I'm like, oh, God. One of the key things that the Eagles – needed to do to win this game is to not turn over the ball. The, the offense did fumble a couple of times did fumble like two or three times, but they were able to recover quickly. Great situational awareness. I mean the talk about uh, I mean t- talk about the first play of the um, first drive of the game. We were super aggressive to begin with going on a fourth and one in our own 32 yard line and guess how the Eagles are able to convert that fourth and one play. Tush push. Yep. And apparent and and then the second time and in the same drive, it was fourth and three. We were still in Dallas territory. Instead of a tush push, Jalen Hurts facing pressure throws a deep, a nice, um, nice pass to Dallas Goddard, catches it for a good for a good gain. And then, but the biggest ones of all mall is the is the team Batman. I got it and, and Okay, okay, and I want to talk about the run game in that first drive. I did not have Kenny Gainwell scoring a touchdown on my bingo card because he was playing like complete garbage like this season for me. Like Eagles fans and I, we've been screaming, get more touches for DeAndre Sitt, get more touches for Rashad Penny. But, um, I, I, but I mean, hey, Kenny Gainwell scored a touchdown, that's good for him. I'll pat yourself in the back. Do you want a cookie? Do you want a jalebi? Nope, I don't know. Does he want one? Um, if so, Anand, um, just send me the next um, Royal Suites or any Indian store near Philadelphia so I can ship him about Boxville jalebis for that. Mm-hmm. Yep. But anyway, the wide receivers, man, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. Team Batman, skinny Batman, swole Batman. They were too damn amazing. They secured very crucial catches and each had a receiving touchdown. Um I also looked into a couple of things like according to um James Palmer Jalen Hurts is now 10 and 0 against teams with a winning record since 2022. That's the best among all QBs with five plus such stats in 2022. He's also 12 and 1 including the playoffs. With his lone Super Bowl own loss was against Kansas City which is in which was last year's Super Bowl, and it still stings. And Ed Werner from ESPN noted that Jalen Hurts completed 85% of his passes to wide receivers on Sunday. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith have each re- scored a record-receiving t- touchdown. And apparently entering in this week, this Cowboys defense, which is really good under Dan Quinn, don't get me wrong, they're a good defense, right? You mm-hmm. Yeah. Guess what? The Cowboys had the lowest percent completion percentage, 52%, to wide receivers entering this week. Gian Hurts toasted them. Stefan Gilmore, who the hell is he? Daron Bland, who the hell is he? That's that's I could say that confidently. AJ Brown, he had seven receptions for 66 yards and a touchdown. I mean, I mean if you wanted to put like 120, 130 Plus, I expected him not to get that much because the Cowboys would be trying to blanket him with double coverage. He'll put in the safety on top to give to give either Duron Bland or Stephon Gilmore some help. But I mean, he made the catches when he needed to. Um, Devontae Smith three receptions for fifty one yards and a touchdown. I mean, De- Devontae Smith was definitely. Um, I think he was one of the key piece, one of the the key weapons in this Eagles offense that helped turn around this game, other than Jalen Hurts. And if I had an MVP for this game, on a, I would have said Jalen Hurts. But I also give it to Devontae Smith because he because he um, because I think he he caught he had um, a crucial third and nine um, nine catch to convert a first down in that score in, to begin to start the second half and then in the same and then on the same drive he beats Deron Bland on a single fade corner route thrown by Hurts to to get the score to 21 i mean that was a beautiful pass and i thought i saw this before with jalen hurts throwing the same type of pass to Devontae smith um against the falcons when he um back in 2021 and uh, and oh uh, and it's, and I think like this that that uh, that court that area that's that 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 scoring area where Devontae Smith is so clutch with, th- he's done this before so many times. Like in college, uh, with when Tua threw that ball to him to win it in overtime against Georgia, and he does it again against the Falcons. and He does it again against the, and he does it against the Cowboys. I mean, that was beautiful to see, man. Um, the run game. I mean, it was very. It looked very off without Cam Jer- without our right guard Cam Jorgens and Jalen Hurts taking a, a. I mean, also Jalen Hurts playing with that bruised knee. It was really really hard to watch, especially when he went down with Demarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons getting after him. Um, I mean, the Eagles got almost like a hundred yards of rushing altogether. But um, hey, Rashad Penny was there. Kenny Gainwell didn't fumble the ball, and he actually scored a red zone touchdown. the biggest stat i want to talk about anand eagles were three for three in the red zone that is a huge improvement since that miami game since the eagles were able to like put up points against this miami team we've been nearly unstoppable in the red zone which is a huge improvement i think we're now like in the in the middle pack and in the fourth quarter This is where I have a lot of concern. The offense became way too conservative with some of the questionable plays. And Ananth, I gotta ask you a question. On a third and three in your own territory, you have all your timeouts and the Cowboys are down to one. Do you A, run the ball or do you throw the ball? Run it? Yes, run it to give it to Rashad Penny and let him drain some clock. And force make the Cowboys force to take their timeouts. But you know what they do instead? You throw a you try and throw a deep ball to AJ Brown, Mm who is I mean he's under tight coverage. And why would you make such a play? That the we were doing so good. We just needed two or three first downs, and then you killed the game. You did not need to make such a play. And and then again you're. You're giving the Cowboys more opportunities, and I think and I. But like the way, but I was very impressed with the offense, the way they were able to handle the the pressure, all the pressures and the different looks Dan Quinn was giving. Uh, I mean, of course, Micah Parsons he d- did get himself a sack. Um, so did Demarcus Lawrence. Parsons had two sacks, and I know it was one against Lane Johnson. Lane Johnson, um, I know he's allowed a sack. He's, he's allowed one sack since like 2020 or 2021, but that is hella impressive on a, on that resume. But Micah Parsons, he's just a great talent. But Anant, I have to vent about the defense. The only saving grace for this Eagles defense was that defensive line. They got after, the, after Dak Prescott, but that secondary, good Lord. How the hell did you allow Dak Prescott to go with the following stats? 29 for 44, 374 yards and three touchdowns. Done. what done. Is, that is a crime. That's a crime against humanity. This is a Geneva Convention violation type of defense that I'm looking at, man. What the hell? It was so bad. I mean, it, like... God bless her soul. God bless those rookies. Eli Riggs, a UDFA corner, and Sydney Brown, a, a third, the third pick as a and a safety. They got burned by Cd Lamb. 191 receiving yards. And Jake Ferguson, who caught himself a touchdown. Then you saw another touchdown from Cavante Turpin. And oh it's it was really frustrating to see. Um I mean, it was a lot of uh, apparently I saw like a lot of man coverage, but there was no adjustments to stopping CD Lamb in the freaking slot. You cannot have Ricks and Brown playing slot against the number one corners. I mean, if I don't, I will um, help me out on this one. If you're facing a number one, right, wide receiver, who do you want to put to, who do you want to shadow him? Do you want to shadow him with some backup who can only play slot? Or do you want to shadow him with a, with your best corner? best corner yeah only in the late stages of the game did we see darius Slay go up against cd lamb if lamb beat seriously i'd be like okay that's fine we did our best with that but come on i mean it was very very it was painful to see i thought i was seeing a lot of press like man coverage like uh, like a lot of man coverage and cover two a mix of it but if you're playing covers in a third and long, you cannot put linebacker. Our linebackers cannot play coverage, especially in third and longs. Um, Zach Cunningham, of course, he led tackle the team in tackles and and a crucial third down. Uh, and, and of course, there was one third down play in which um, Zach Cunningham, in which Zach Cunningham, Zach Cunningham and Darius Slay stopped, um, was able to flip Dak Prescott over to stop the run. But the again. I thought the best secondary person that I saw was Reed Blankenship, safety. He did his absolute best and showed up on big situations. He, uh, and I think we know, I think you know what I'm talking about. Um, on that fourth and goal play, Dak Prescott tried, throws a ball to Luke Schoonmaker in the Eagles um, red zone. Um, it was originally rolled a touchdown, but, his, but the knee was at the one yard line prior to the ball crossing the goal line. Um, incredible play by, by Reed Blankenship. And again, the main credit has to go to that defensive line for getting to Dak Prescott. They sacked him five times. Hassan Reddick started the game with the sack. He had two total tackles, one sack. Um, Fletcher Cox, Jalen Carter, the Kobe Dean both had 0.5 sacks, um, before. And of course, Dean had to leave the game with a bad ankle. And unfortunately he's going back to IR. Um, Brandon Graham, 1.5 sacks and Josh sweat with the crucial fourth down sack that sealed the game. I mean, Sean Desai, he has to do a better position. He has to do a, a find a better way to cover the nickel and slot position. Hopefully with Bradley Roby coming back in time. And I wanted to see Kevin Bayard make a couple of plays, but unfortunately he did not. Um, He only made adjustments in the fourth quarter, but they got to do a better job regardless. I mean, again, two crucial fourth down stops late in the game and you're holding the Cowboys to 3 for 5 in the red zone that was huge and um and also we got a, also that crucial two point try when you had um Dak Prescott trying to roll right Brandon Graham made that effort to force Prescott to run out of bounds it's a game of inches baby that's all i can say and of course the run game was pretty much neutralized but I mean, the officiating, it was bad on both sides. There were a couple of questionable calls. I'm not going to go into it. The win is a win. I'm, and, the, and, and and it matters in situational football. That is the key thing. That is how the Eagles were able to win this game. But, I mean, there's a lot of things, but all I can say is I'm going to take this L. And the most ridiculous thing on a, I've heard is, oh, the Cowboys are relishing in this moral victory that they can hang with the big boys. Bull crap. Take the L. You lost the game. You had a chance to win it so you can have a lead for the NFC East. Well, guess what? You failed at the end. The Eagles beat you. Get over it. Drink it. And while I relish in cowboy in delicious cowboys tears, crying over the referees. Crying over. Crying over, oh, Prescott Abdul Abdul, Abdul Hurts, boo hoo hoo. Cry me a freaking river, man. I'm going to bathe in it. And all these Cowboys' tears are so delicious, man. I can make an ice cream sundae out of this thing. (laughs) Uh, It was beautiful to see them cry. I mean, especially with Skip Bayless, Michael Irvin, Mike Greenberg, all of you ESPN analysts and all those cowboy loving analysts and even those podcasters saying, oh, we got the oh, we got the emotional dub and all that. Scooter Magruder, I'm also calling you out too. Guess what? Y'all lost. Take the L, walk away. And I'm going to quote The Rock, know your role and shut your mouth suck it eagles win cowboys lose america wins
0: america I rush wins.
1: and i approve this message
0: uh boy that is definitely a message to send uh. anyways that was a uh, an electrifying game and it it ended the way it should have ended you know with the uh, with the controversial call for the Cowboys and the Eagles winning, Eagles dapping up the refs. Uh, we'll see what the repercussions are for that one. Um, but in it, all kidding aside, you know, this, this was a total victory for the Eagles. And they are clearly the best team in the NFC. Uh, I don't think the Niners are... Well, Niners, they have to get their groove back. But even then, you know, it's going to be tough. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, Yeah, we'll see. Moving on to the Masala Games of the Week, uh, starting with, you know, the Ravens and the Seahawks. Uh, Wow. Wow. If there ever was a... Yeah, wow. I mean, if there ever was a hieroglyph for describing a demolition derby, it would be a picture of this game. <laughs> I mean the, I the Ravens just murdered a flock of seagulls this past Sunday. Thirty-seven to three was the victory. In the past two weeks, the Ravens have outscored their NFC opposing offenses. 75. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh what is it? So Against the Lions, 38 to 6, Cardinals, 31 to 24, and then Seahawks, 37 to 3. So, three straight games against NFC opponents where they've scored more than 30 points, and only the Cardinals have given them any sort of defensive trouble. Or, like, you know, Cardinals' offense has given them defensive trouble. So, it was, you know, A demolition derby and the ravens nearly got all of their points by running the football against the best d-line in the league 41 attempts nearly 300 rushing yards three touchdowns and about 7.3 yards per carry wow on just a regular you know power run scheme just up the middle and the longest run was like 60 yards by Keaton Mitchell. But other than that, just ground and pound and the Ravens' O-line just tore through that Seahawks D-line with you know the renewal of adding um who, Leonard Williams with that trade. So, I mean, it was if you just take a look at like the depth chart in terms of the rushing, you have Justice Hill, 13 attempts 40 yards, two first downs. Lamar Jackson, 10 attempts, 60 yards, five first downs. Keaton Mitchell, undrafted rookie free agent running back, nine attempts, 138 yards, one touchdown, five first downs. 7.0 yards per carry per attempt, uh, yards before contact. You were saying something? The the backup score. That's just insane, man. Yeah. I mean, this guy had seven yards before contact per attempt on average. He was Isaiah Pacheco. He was Isaiah Pacheco in that first season for the Chiefs. Right. Just we haven't even talked about Gus Edwards. Five attempts, 52 yards. Two touchdowns, three first downs. So yeah, I mean Jesus. Like this this rushing offense is one of the most effective rushing offenses we've seen in a long time. Oh yeah. In a long time. This Seahawks D line wasn't scrubs. I mean, they were the best D line in terms of adjusted line yards. For the past eight weeks, so you have anything to say about this? I like this, this rushing performance. I I'm I'm just like mind blown. Like the Seahawks defense, they'll
1: play, They'll have like one of those like, oh, it's an off game, right? Yeah. They just got ran over. Yeah. Like
0: I mean, ran
1: over. Now it, the yeah. I, I mean. And you had a backup score. Odo Beckham got his touchdown. I mean, I'm happy for him, but right. Oh my god, like
0: like Tyler Huntley went five for eight for one uh for 38 yards and the touchdown. Tyler that's Huntley, insane. the backup QB, that's had, insane. Yeah, had a better game than Tommy DeVito. Yeah, I mean anyone
1: can be better than Tommy DeVito. That's it's fair, not a given, that's but fair. the that's thing fair. is like that's just that's just pure domination. I think, like the Ra- Ravens coming up with back-to-back wins against the Lions and the Seahawks, man, mm-hmm. dude, they're saying like, hey, we're not the only ones who can play, do- uh, like, can play a full game of dominant football. M- the only thing I've went up against the Ravens was that inconsistency. I want to see yeah. more of that consistency in the in the both offense and defense. Can you maintain it for like a like two or three games? They've been doing that. For some time,
0: yeah, I and mean, to pull it you... off
1: against a very tough Seattle defense, man, I, I mean, if, if the way Kansas City is playing right now, which I'll get to them later, but I have a beat the dome moment. We might be seeing a new AFC contender. Ooh, okay, Bowl, okay. We might, we may see a new AFC contender if yeah. the, if the Chiefs don't get their act together. We may be seeing someone coming
0: in from the AFC North. I would not I... be. I will not disagree with you because I recently read a stat where it said, um, in terms of the best DVOA teams of all time, uh, a team that has played the first you know, nine weeks in the NFL, the Ravens are the best DVO, DVOA team in nine weeks in all time in the NFL history. Total team DVOA. So not only are they beating their opponents they're demolishing them to such a margin that it's the best margin that we've seen It's humiliation man it's like, humiliation Now the, why, yeah. I mean I have no words to say about this like like it was insane I mean and- now, now now the the thing is though, like even though they were so dominant, they still have problems to fix. They right. still have fumble rusky problems. Because it was three fumbles that they had, and I believe two were lost. So that might be an issue. But yeah, I mean the Ravens defense just shut down any sort of offensive success hope for the Seahawks, four sacks, fifteen percent pressure rate, two turnovers. Just shut down pass coverage, and you know it's, yeah. I mean, I have a beat the dull moment too. Oh. I think this year an AFC team will win the Super Bowl again. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: There's no shot, no shot for any NFC team against the AFC team in the Super Bowl.
1: Unless, I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be. I'm, I had the Homer moment right there. <laughs> one team that can save this nfc thing from being dominated by the afc for a second time in a row it's the philadelphia eagles and then, sure,
0: and no and here's
1: the thing they have not played perfect football yet
0: if they're able to get some dives they'll make it competitive that's for sure they'll make it competitive but the afc is just too strong this year look at the afc north division Right That's now, you look at the division rankings for the Ravens, Bengals, Browns, and Steelers. If the playoffs started right now, all four teams would be in the playoffs. That's just insane. I mean, all we nearly teams. had that
1: last year with the NFC East.
0: Yeah, well, we got
1: the AFC North now being the new AFC beast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, it's, it's just insane, man. It is it is remarkable the amount of competition that you have in the AFC. So the AFC playoffs this year is going to be a gauntlet. It's gonna be a gauntlet, and I wouldn't be surprised if we shot if we saw like three or four shockers. Like the Steelers might bag a playoff victory, like a wild card victory or something like that. Maybe the Browns might, you know, beat the Jags or something like that in a defensive slugfest. Like it's just remarkable. The amount of talent that the AFC has amassed, um, compared to the NFC, in terms of total team talent, in the NFC you probably just have three contenders: mm-hmm. Eagles, Niners, Cowboys. That's it. Maybe All a lot. other teams are too inconsistent, huh? What about the Lions? No, they're just too inconsistent. Like, yeah, they've in in terms of teams that they've beat you look at some of the winning teams that they've beat the chiefs first week that two by one point without travis kelsey uh and you know a couple players injured for the chiefs right besides that nobody else the ravens they lost to and the seahawks they've lost to the only teams that they've beat the falcons arthur smith the packers one of the worst teams in the league the panthers Dead last in the league. The Bucks, middling team. And then the Raiders, right? So who have they actually beat that's a good team? They are the Dolphins of the NFC. The Lions are the Dolphins of the NFC. A strong team against weak teams, but a weak team against strong teams. And then if you look at the rest of their schedule, the only competitive game that I see for them are the Cowboys, december 30th Hmm. that's the only competitive like they have the chargers next right uh which i feel like that they're going to win because it's in la so it's going to be detroit again then they have bears packers saints bears broncos that's five victories right there and then vikings cowboys vikings so they could easily end up with like a 12 and five or 13 and four record look really good on paper but have zero victories against winning teams well other than the chiefs so it's i don't think the lions are a contender this year um and then you look at uh seahawks are again they got spanked by the ravens right who else do you have in the NFC? I mean, there's potentially the Commanders could come into the playoffs. The Commanders are one game out of the wild card scenario. The Commanders. Damn. So clearly, the AFC is going to win the Super Bowl this year. Clearly, there is zero percent chance for the NFC to win the play, uh, the win the Super Bowl this year. Zero percent. Okay. I am sorry to say this, but this is my beat the dough moment.
1: That's Zero your the moment?
0: Yeah. All right. I will I will keep an eye on that beat the
1: dough moment.
0: Yeah. Keep an eye on it. All righty. Moving on.
1: Okay. No. Dolphins versus Chiefs. Um. Anand, I told you, like, um, I've mentioned, like, a couple of times, like, I have this curse every time I pick a Masala game of the week. It, it tends to be a blood, or the opposite happens. apparently it actually lived up to my expectations Mm -hmm. defense ruled this game i'm gonna be honest but man dolphins they're pretenders unfortunately yeah they lost 14 to 21 against the chiefs and apparently they're oh and one stat that has to be stressed espn and fought and like any sports show that you've seen they've put out this statistic the Dolphins are 0-3 the season against teams that went to the playoffs last year. Well, their are three losses. They've lost to the Chiefs. They've lost to the Bills. And they've lost to the Eagles. What do these three teams have in common? They went to the playoffs. They're Super Bowl contenders. They play a damn good defense. And I mean, and, and, and I, I got to talk about Kansas City, man. How do they keep getting away with this, man? They barely have any competent wide receivers other than, I mean, Travis Kelsey and, and Miko Hardman are like your two veterans, but then you're going with Rasheed Rice, Jarek, a backup running back in Jarek McKinnon, Noah Gray, Sky Moore, Marquis Valdez, Scantling, Kadarius, Tony, Justin Watson, Miko Hardman, LaMichael P. Ryan, Isaiah Pacheco, just I think I may be forgetting names, but I think the Chiefs have found a formula uh, in offense just to annoy us even more, man. I mean, and and Patrick Mahomes, he's doing Patrick Mahomes things: twenty for 30, 185 yards, two touchdowns, and he was only sacked twice. But they op- the, but I they have figured out the way, I don't, and I will edu- and we will educate the masses. On what this way is all about. Are you interested to learning? Mm -hmm. It is passing by committee. You don't, apparently, you don't need a number one target. You just need to distribute. Divide and conquer. That's what the game is. And go on these long long drives, just like the way the Eagles have done it this year. First play, I mean, if you want to talk about the Chiefs' first drive. First opening sequence. seven play, seventy-five yards, um, and you finish off with an eleven-yard touchdown pass from Mahomes to Rasheed Rice. And but uh, oh yeah, folks, this was played in Germany. So sprechen Sie Deutsch, Dank, Dankeschön, to all our German listener, to all our uh, our listeners in Germany. That's the only German I will sp- only Deutsch. Um, and my my mine sprechen um that's the only <laughs> yeah I'm gonna stop.
0: <laughs> uh. I,
1: mean, I mean, like urinating tree did the one segment where he spoke the that that segment in in German and it was beautiful, man. Ooh, he did that. And um, but like after that touchdown, we had like a combined we had a combined seven punts. From what, from the first touchdown to the Chiefs' second touchdown. Seven punts. It was a good defensive battle. Um, and, and again, like credit to Vic Fangio for limiting this Chiefs' offense. I mean, Bradley Chubb was like your best uh, defensive player. He was able to keep the hope alive in the late third quarter. He had a forced fumble on Patrick Mahomes and allowed Miami to get back within seven points. Um, but there, but again, the game ball. If I had a game ball on it, I would give it to Steve Spagnolo on that defense. The um for the of the the defensive coordinator for the Chiefs. My God, he has made another masterclass in shutting down a da- in shutting down dangerous offenses. Like he did it up against Miami. Any and you know how many points he held them up to? Fourteen points, and they and they also got it, and they were also able to pull up a takeaway. And this is the turning point of the game. I think we all saw this. This it was the fifth play of um after the after the Chiefs score a touchdown to make it 14 nothing. And second and t- second and seven, dolphins are driving at the Kansas City 30. Second and seven, two of passes short left to Tyree Kill, who has been talking so much, man. Tyreek Kill was yapping, was like. Running his mouth, <laughs> but in that play, he, ca- he um throws it to Tyreek Hill to for, for to Kansas City 38 for eight for minus eight yards. He tried basically is acting supposed to be like a screen play. The play breaks down immediately, he's swarmed and tackled, and the ball gets punched out by Trent McDuffie. This is a second year corner, Trent McDuffie. Pulling this on Tyree Kill, who will make who will break people's ankles because he's so damn shifty. And 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 on the sequence is just incredible. He's recovered by um by uh, Mario Edwards, um but who, who who runs it to the Kansas City 41 for four yards, and then he laterals it back to br- safety Brian Cook. Who then runs 59 yards for the touchdown? That is an incredible sequence of plays I have seen from the seen in the game. It was just amazing to watch, and I'm like, "Yep, um, Chiefs have won this game." Because the way that they the the way that the the Chiefs have been playing defense, I mean, they could the the um the Dolphins could not. Convert a first down until late in the third quarter. And if you want to talk about third down efficiencies, Dolphins were three for 12. Three of these first downs came in late in the third quarter, which is inexcusable. And Tua, we were expecting Tua to have to show out in one of those big games and, and show us why offense still matters and why they, he has the best wide receiver tandem and Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill maybe Cedric Wilson and 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 the combination of the running backs but Steve Spagnuolo he he used that same blueprint that Sean that Eagles defensive coordinator Sean Desai pulled off and and also what the Buffalo and also what the Buffalo defense they were able to get the pressure on the Tua Tua was sacked for 3 times and um and and the running game for the Dolphins didn't occur wasn't that much effective until late in the game. Raheem Mostert, twelve carries for eighty-five yards and a touchdown, but it. But at the end, the um, it, and and it was and unfortunately with Tua, he was missing a lot of these wide open throws and chances. And the final drive, Dolphins are able to, Dolphins are able to force um, Kansas City to punt with just two minutes and thirty-five seconds left. They're driving. They're, they I mean, they're, they're driving on to the Kansas City 31 after a big, two big runs by Raheem Mostert. But, but then again, first and 10, Kansas City 31. Tua, short, pass short to Raheem Mostert, incompletion. Okay. I would have ran the ball in this case. Second run, second down, Tua. An incomplete deep left field to Jalen Waddle. It was, I mean, Jalen Waddle was there, but it was, but he missed it. Third and 10. Tua throws, uh, Jay, Cedric Wilson beats his coverage, but Tua underthrows it. It lands short. Had, Will, had, he, had, had he had followed up with the throw, Wilson would have easily caught it and ran it for a touchdown and tied the game and sent this game into overtime. That would have had a perfect ending. And then fourth and ten. That was an error waiting to happen. A botched snap. Tua misses it and he has to recover it. Kansas City was able to recover it. That pressure, but in the first, in that on that first, second, and third passing downs. Spagnuolo was able to dial the pressure. And that was why the Dolphins lost this game. That fourth and 10 snap, that was an accident waiting to happen. And I mean, I'll give credit. The, the Dolphins are able to put up points in, the, in all in the third quarter, but it was only late, especially with that defensive takeaway. But at the end, Chiefs um, made the defensive plays when they needed to. And, um, and and it was a fun game. Chiefs win it, Dolphins lose,
0: 21-14. All righty. So now we're going to move on to the Punch Minute Recap segment. Best segment of the episode. Let's go. Yeah, and let's get started with the NFC. Bears versus Saints. Saints pull out that victory 24-17. And this offense has finally woke up. And the defense has hunted the Bears to nearly to extinction. Tyson Badgett isn't creating the QB controversy that I sadly craved for. But, oh, well, Bears are still losing. Rekshak, I'm sure you're not happy that the Saints are winning. You want that higher draft pick, but what can we do? Saints (laughs) lose! What can we do? We'll see now. We'll see. We'll see. They're facing the Lions in a couple of weeks, so they're probably going to lose that one. But moving on, Vikings versus Falcons. I mean, Vikings win 31-18. But it's all Josh Dobbs. What can't he do, right? He gives a fighting chance for every single cards game where they're where they're a decent underdog. He designs rocket ship parts for NASA, and then he comes in saves another franchise by winning the game without even knowing the players' names. Like this guy is a legit genius, football and academic wise. At NASA, he's called the Pastronaut. And boy, does he deserve it. Moving on, Bucks versus Texans. Texans win 39-37. Who in their right mind would have thought that this game was going to be a shootout? And unfortunately for Baker, he has to hate any Texans QB now. (laughs) <laughs> uh, with uh, He did everything right, but the defense couldn't stop an MVP candidate in C.J. Stroud with 46 seconds remaining. That's right. Beat the dull moment. C.J. Stroud is an MVP candidate.
1: Offen- I mean, I would agree he's offensive rookie of the year, but
0: MVP? Yeah. I don't know. I don't Let's know. look Let's at the see. definition for MVP, though. Most valuable player. If you take cj Stroud away from the texans do they even have a fight a fighting chance against any team
1: hmm exactly I mean, yeah i i i i wouldn't i mean you're not wrong
0: yeah i mean i will explain this in a little bit but let's move on uh giants versus raiders <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Raiders win 30-6, to and it's the Italian versus the Irishman. Aiden O'Connell versus Tommy DeVito. Oh, but unfortunately, God. it wasn't the contest that I was hoping to be. It just turned out to be a wet fart. Um, derp. Yeah, derp, derp, derp. So Antonio Pierce led these Raiders to a victory, and the Giants keep tumbling down the levels of Dante's Inferno. And we need to see what new depths of despair they can reach to this season, because boy is it awful! Oh yeah, tell me, tell us about, tell me about it. Yep, that's it from the NFC side. What about the AFC?
1: AFC. So I'm gonna be covering um our guest host Abhishek's um game, Bills versus Bengals, which was a masala moment game of the week for Abhishek. Um, it, it Bills lose 18 to 24, it. Appear to be like a good defensive battle, but I think Joe Burrow so is too damn good, man. He is he is clicking at the right time. That's where he's dangerous at the most. Um, Bill's offense, it's stale, no flavor, no masala, nothing. Zip, nada. I mean, it's just like a plain, it's it's just like plain rice, man. No flavor. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. so—it's it's not so even fun.
0: Jira rice at this point. It's not, it's not even Jira rice. rice.
1: Did you see what you've done to Bills, Bills. Bill. <laughs> Did you see what uh, you've done to Anand? Man, give us something. Yeah, I mean, they've lost like what three or four in a row. It's so
0: four. Crazy. Yeah, they're five and four now. Crazy Titans
1: versus Steelers. Um, Levis is a promising talent, but I uh, I mean. St- times lose sixteen to twenty, the, and he he's been putting up some pretty good numbers, man. He played his uh, he played out of his mind, and I he should have been the starting QB in the beginning of the season. But then again, you know what he is powerless against that almighty high end talent and the BS that is Steelers football. Kenny Pickett starts to click in in the fourth quarter and we see why on this high-end talent we it's Uh, inevitable
0: we will see we will see the high-end talent this week okay and Uh, then
1: i unfortunately i have to talk about this game um cardinals versus browns like okay cardinals scored nothing they did nothing they are absolutely nothing if you have Clayton Toon as your quarterback. And th- it, like he was so bad. Deshaun Watson, welcome back. Whatever. He scored, he threw two touchdowns. Mari Cooper had a buck 30 and a touchdown. So yeah, whatever. Good good for you. Do you want a cookie? No, you don't get one from me. Chargers versus Jets. Um, good God. Why did I straight see this game for a little bit? I want to have my life back because this Jets offense is so bad, especially with Zach Wilson. Why is he not benched? And you know what Robert Solis said at the end of the, like, uh, during a pros conference of why did they keep Zach Wilson? He said, I would, ha- I have to plead the fifth in the lines of that. Making us watch this game is cruel and unusual punishment. We should, we deserve better, honestly. I mean, hey, Justin Herbert didn't throw any touchdowns. I mean, the it was so bad. Like, Austin Eckler, Ford had oh, only scored like two touchdowns. And, and and hey, the the Chargers scored on special teams, uh, um, it, on the on a punt return for a touchdown. So whoop de doo, I guess. Um, Colts versus Panthers. Um, Anna, did you know that Bryce Young scored through some touchdowns? But unfortunately, He threw to the other team. Kenny Moore had two pick sixes. (laughs) Um, Kenny Moore, he is a cornerback for the um, Indianapolis Colts. Gardner Minshew, another game manager type of day. 17 for 26, one touchdown, um, 127 yards. Jonathan Taylor had 47 yards. I mean, run game wasn't there that much, but um, Bryce Young, um, 24 for 39, 173 yards, sacked four times, one touchdown, three interceptions. Frank Reich, you cannot be the coach, man. I've seen no creativity in offense. Hell, it has been so bad that the owners is, at, is demanding something happen. Otherwise, there's going to be a change. If the owner is calling you out on that, you know it's wrong. And I'm not only looking at you, Frank Reich. I'm looking at you, Arthur Smith. Put in Bijan Robinson, you fool. I mean, it's just madness, bro. It's Mm -hmm. madness. You're not helping your young players. Miles Sanders had barely had any carries until the late in the game. And you, why? What is this offense?
0: It's not competent, that's for sure.
1: God, this NFC South is a dumpster fire.
0: Oh, tell me about it. I mean, the Saints are the best of the worst at this point. It is so bad. All (laughs) righty. Do something. Yeah. Uh, NFL gods, please, please save us. Especially on on Thursday nights. Mm All righty. Moving on to the masala moment of the week. For me, it's gotta be Keaton Mitchell, undrafted free agent. And apparently the Packers passed him up because they offer they lowballed him as a UDFA, but he looks like Isaiah Pacheco now. Strong, fast, shifty, tough to bring down. And on this for this play, he ran for sixty yards on a toss to the right with blockers ahead, puts on the burners and makes four Seahawks miss with his juke moves all for that game like why 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 we could have just drafted him instead of emmanuel wilson and he would have been really good madness my friend. <laughs> anyways good on keaton mitchell i'm really happy that he's in such a strong offense right now because he definitely like this this ravens running offense has the legs to shock the world they
1: gotta stay healthy though and i thought of a, i thought of a new nickname for the raven for this thing their game plan run ravens run rrr nope. just like that
0: <laughs> <film>. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> i'm gonna note this down here R-R-R. <laughs> that's just amazing man yes
1: and and you know what every time they score a touchdown in the run game they gotta do the not to not to
0: dance (laughs) (laughs) yes yes we gotta teach them that (laughs) okay Uh,
1: now my masala moment of the week it has to go with america's game cowboys versus eagles the final drive for the cowboys man it took my lifespan i i aged from 31 to 62. and it was so bad i mean after the eagles bot had a botched fumble but luckily tyler Steen, a rookie was able to recover it they punt it cowboys start at their own um 16 yard line then back-to-back penalties a passing interference on james bradbury they go Towards like the 50-yard line, and then a, a questionable roughing the passer call and blown assignments. They drive towards the Eagles' 10-yard line, and then Jalen Carter offsides first and six. You know what I'm thinking on it? I'm like, okay, yep, game is over. Cowboys are going to win this game. But then this is where you have a Bollywood masala thriller. You want to know, the, are you ready for the sequence on Are you mm-hmm. ready? Then, first and goal at the six. False start. They get pushed five backs and then five, five yards back. And then, Josh Sweat with a sack in, on second, uh, on, on, on that first down. For 11 yards, he beats Terrence Steele. Without that sack, Dak Prescott will h- hits an, a, a wide open receiver for a touchdown i mean it was it, it, i i needed it i was in a i was in a bar full with the eagles fans watching that game and we were yelling it's like yes let's go and then the cowboys don't spike the play and they run a quick and they run a quick play um meaning like dak dak prescott ru- immediately snaps the ball throws a long pass tries to Tries to throw a deep pass to Michael Gallup, who's like out, out of bounds at the at the goal line, goes nowhere. Third and twenty-one. You know what happens next? A month delay of game. They push them back five yards back because they have no. Uh, they um, apparently don't have any timeouts. Third and twenty-six. Final play of the drive with five seconds left. Dak Prescott is going empty set, and meaning like. All, like um he has like his wide receivers uh tight end and a running back um like all lined up like not um no running back behind but they go they're like all lined up in their position in their soft positions. Um Eagles are playing a picket type of defense they're only put rushing in with three defensive line and pushing every like any defender available like quarterbacks, safeties, linebackers to the back of the goal line, and then Prescott throws the touchdown, throws to C.D. Lamb. He's immediately swarmed and tackled at the Eagles' four-yard line by Darius Lay and Sidney Brown. Sidney Brown apparently forces a fumble and recovered by Mr. Reed freaking blanket ship I lose my mind. All of America loses their mind in the best way or the worst way, depending upon whose side they're on. But thank God the Eagles won that game. It took out my. It took my entire life watching this game, man.
0: Yeah, it was definitely uh, a reprieve from all the other primetime games that we've had so far this season. Like there have only been a couple that have been really, really consistently, uh, you know, healthy to watch. But yeah, uh, that's it from the recap. Now we're gonna move on to the Week Ten preview starting with the packers versus the steelers stellar's football yep it's super bowl 45 rematch here <laughs> uh, with barely any of the players i guess none of the players on either team uh playing you know it's been what like 10 years now at this point so we'll see but the high end talent Will it reign supreme or will the cheese heads execute the coup? We shall see. It's going to be a test of defensive strength for both uh, teams and which defense lasts the longest because ugh, major woof. Both of these offenses are one of the worst. Film-wise, they have very similar questions on creativity, execution, lack of a consistent run game, low-end quarterback play with some flashes. And then if you look at stats-wise, the Steelers are 18th overall, 21st in uh, pass, 22nd against the run, or rushing. Green Bay is 21st overall, 14th in pass, 25th running the football. Even though Green Bay is third, in second half EPA per play and fourth in success rate. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this Green Bay Packers offense in the second half will face, you know, this the Steelers defense. Now, the one major difference between, you know, the Steelers offense and Green Bay offense, the Steelers are actually fifth in first down rushing EPA per play, facing the 24th rank, ranked defense in Green Bay. Uh, in rushing success rate but the green bay packers are 27th in first down rushing epa per play which means they do not have a successful running game first down and then the Steelers have one of the best defenses ninth in the league so Najee Harris is probably gonna have a really good game if if the structure of their run game is a bit more varied, if they do the same thing over and over again, like, a you know, inside zone or power run scheme where they're just running two, three power uh, run place, it's going to be a long, long game for Najee Harris. And this defensive line for the Packers are actually going to come to play. But that's one of the major differences between the Steelers offense and the Green Bay offense. They're really good at executing uh, a first down rushing offense um, for the Packers to win. Ideally, they should just focus on the run game, both offense and defensive wise, offensively get the ball out of Jordan Love's hands, keep him under two and a half seconds in terms of time in pocket and defency, defensively. You have to crowd the line of scrimmage in our base packages four three packages and prevent playing in zone defense just play strict man, press man offense uh prevent George Pickens um and you know Pat Firemouth from actually um succeeding here uh and then if you crowd the line of scrimmage you'll have less uh you know Najee Harris will have less of a chance of, of scoring anything big so ideally that's what the Packers need to do on defensive uh, on the defense and then offensively just Feed it to Aaron Jones. Just keep doing what we did last year, uh, last week. Even if we just score like 15 points, we might even win the game here. For the Steelers, honestly, unleash the beast in TJ Watt. Use him like Michael Parsons is used for the Cowboys, right? Moving around the line of scrimmage and especially target the left side of the O line for the Packers because that's the one where most of the pressure has leaked for the Packers offensive. So, Uh, You look at all the Packers, you know, O-line changes, it's been on the left side. The right side has been pretty consistent, minus a couple of plays from Josh Myers. We have, you know, John Runyon has been pretty good. And you you have your right tackle, uh, who's also pretty good. But if you look at, you know, the left side of the Packers offense right now, it's been a rotating wall. You know, David Bakhtiari was there, but then he got hurt, and then Rashid Walker—he's been very inconsistent there. Elton Jenkins has probably been the only consistent guy, but he's been switching to left or right guard. So Zach Thomas is is for sure right tackle now. So we'll see this left side of the offensive line. That's that's where you know TJ Watt needs to, especially against you know uh, our left tackle, if the Steelers want to impact. This Packers offense put TJ Watt against the left tackle, and then for the Steelers offense, give the ball to Najee Harris. Just stick to your game plan of the power run scheme because this is a perfect defense to test against that. You know, if the Steelers can't top 150 rushing yards against the Green Bay Packers, this is going to be the last nail in Canada's coffin. Hmm. So yeah, I predict the Steelers win 13 to 12.
1: Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to yours. Um, yeah. So with this, Eagles. Luckily, we with that delicious win against the Cowboys. Um, so I'm, I'm still drinking on those tears. But guess what? Um, Eagles are facing their very important op- um opponent called the bye week. Psych. Eagles are officially on the bye, and it is a perfect time to heal up and fix a lot of issues before the gauntlet and unfortunately um during the eagles cowboys game there were a couple of injuries um nicobe dean he's expected um a linebacker he's expected to go on ir unfortunately he cannot stay healthy um oh and apparently it's a sprain is on dean's left foot which um and on and and, uh, for, and under the old rules, Jacoby Dean's season would have been over if he had went on the IR twice. But because of that uh, new rule change, they are allowed to return from IR multiple times. The only catch is that each return counts towards the team's limit of eight IR activations per person. But um, but with that, he's going to be missing the Kansas City, Buffalo, San Francisco, and and the Cowboys game. On that and. And I think like it's kind of not of a big deal at the moment because, uh, although he's a great run defender, he's been pretty bad in coverage. Um, according to PF, according to Pro Football Focus and um, Bleeding Green Nation stats, um, he he is ranked 66 out of 89 linebackers um, with a minimum of 20% defensive snaps, in um, in in coverage. It's it's unfortunate, but. Luckily, with the production that that Nicholas Morrow and Zach Cunningham are given, that's good. But you don't have enough depth. Like Christian Ellis is your only healthy off-ball linebacker. You only have two linebackers in on the practice squad, and Ben Van Sumeren and um, Brandon Smith. But it's but again, the issue with Kobe Dean is that injury and his durability and I Don't know, it, it really sucks, but then also another big blow that the Eagles um, did have was Dallas Goddard going, uh, most likely to go on IR because fa- apparently, in one play, when he tried to stiff arm Marquise, Marquise Bell after grabbing a huge first down, um, he apparently it was reported that he suffered a fracture in his forearm, he'll he went. For an uh, for, for for an MRI and he may go on IR. If he does, he will have to miss the next four games and the bye week does not count towards returning from IR. So he'll be only eligible to return on Eagles Week 15. Um. So definitely we need we need like our other Titans like in Jack Stoll, Grant Calcaterra, and Albert Oleg um o Wegbunam or Alec or Albert O. And also recently signed EJ Jenkins to um to get back. I mean for the tight end thing to get back as was like unfortunately it was like last year that Goddard got hurt. Um now he gets hurt with like a dirty MMA move pulled by the Cowboys. Um then again they're dirty as hell for that. And um and uh, but then there are also like some other options. Just look at Dan Arnold, Richard Rogers, uh, Cameron Brait. Let's see and another big issue that the eagles need to focus on getting their run game going um run game production has been dipped uh, maybe but they're doing really well in the passing down so maybe some change maybe some change in philosophy is occurring but i would like to see more of the run game to help with jalen hurts and it helps limit some turnovers in that case so keep that going um and secondary you got to Sean Desai has to take a hard look at this defense and to, and also figure out what type of game plan will help because we're getting, because the Eagles are getting burned in the middle of the field. Bradbury has not been well. Darius Slate has been okay, but Reed Blankenship and Kevin Byard, they're going to need some time to learn through all this playbook that, that Sean Desai is trying to plan through. Um, Although the size making adjustments, which is great. And luckily Bradley Roby may be coming back from, is going to come back from IR and you'll definitely help out with that slot nickel role, but you gotta work on the format. They gotta work on a defense on the secondary game plan. And Ananth, with this, um, I do want to go over the gauntlet that the Eagles have coming up. So mm-hmm. I thought I let's do a, pr- a future predictions on this one. So after this buy. The Eagles will have to go to Kansas City. What's uh? I'm thinking, Lost. yeah, it's gonna be a loss because it's very tough to play Arrowhead.
0: Um, yeah, and, and not only that, I think you know this this Eagle secondary was cooked by a middling pack, uh middling Cowboys offense. So if, if that's the case, you know, Patrick Mahomes might have a much better yeah. success again uh, against this uh, Eagles. You know. Defense and I think the su- surprise is going to be that Chiefs defense. Yeah, they're Steve going Smith to lock to down AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. So Jalen Hurts has to put something, pull something out of the magic hat if they yeah. want to win this game.
1: And plus, Dallas Goddard may be going out on IR, man. um I think yeah. It was a it was a fracture in his forearm. So. Ugh. So I don't know if you could trust a Jack Stoll, Grant Calcaterra, and Albert O. But. If Albert mm-hmm. O is able to perform, other players have to step up. Maybe we see a game from Alameda kiss Maybe we see a game from Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, if Julio Jones scores touchdowns, I mean, great. Any other playmaker, and of course, um, so Chiefs. I have this as a loss. So Bills. Uh, so the, the um, they, Eagles wear Kelly Green again. Um, the Bills are coming into town, so I think the Eagles will win this game. Because I agree. I, I think the way the the Bills offense is looking at it is very shaky. If they're not trusting their instincts to run over to run the ball, Eagles are going to have a good have going to have happy times. Mm-hmm. And um against the Niners. So so we both have so we're both going one on one Chiefs and Bills. So with yeah. against the Niners,
0: um what do you have winner I think that's a win. I think the Eagles just have enough firepower um, on the defensive side to pull a victory against this Niners offense. Um, and I think, you know, we've seen the Niners defense capitulate. So if if the Niners can't figure their stuff out on the defense, then it's it's going to be an easy victory for the, you know, for the Eagles. Um, so, yeah, I predict a, a victory for you guys. Yep. Um,
1: same here, too. So we're going, we both go two and one at the Cowboys. I I had this game go I have the the Cowboys running this cuz the Eagles have not won in Texas since 2017 against the Cowboys. So and that was the year that we went to the Super Bowl. We are we've been unable to win that game and I think um Cowboys they'll be fully ready and motivated. They'll have this game circled and um Cowboys will edge out. We'll get the win on this game. Dak Prescott will throw for like 500 yards, right? Secondary is going to get burnt toast.
0: I agree. Unfortunately, I agree for you.
1: Yeah. Unless the Eagles get their act together and they figure out what, what they want to do on, um, in secondary. I got to see some improvements in, in that chiefs game. Even mm-hmm. if you lose, you got to see some improvements. And then, um, so we go two and two, both of us. And now at Seahawks. Oh my God. This Eagles cannot play well in Seattle, man, for some odd reason.
0: I think this one is a win for you guys. I hope it's a win. I'm hoping that the Eagles get a
1: win on this one. You know what? I'm going to wishfully think it. I'm going to project that positive energy. Eagles are going to get this dub. I mean, they're going to come up against a very tough Seattle Seahawks defense. The only way the Eagles can win this game, run the ball and target your tight ends. I think this is when Dallas Goddard comes back for this game. He's going to go off and that's going to be really, really helpful. And Geno Smith, he's a good QB, but he's not the answer. The Eagles will get some turnovers and they can limit Kenneth Walker.
0: Yeah. I think this was uh, just a bridge quarterback situation for the Seahawks. Um, We'll see who they go with in this. Like, this offseason is going to be very interesting for the Seahawks. Do they go for, you know, another veteran QB to try and string together another winning def- a winning season next year? Or do they try and go for one of these young QBs, rebuild, you know, yeah, that, that offense around this QB? Uh, they have all the pieces. I mean, they still need a, a better offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. But they have the defensive line. They have the, they have the front seven. They they definitely have the secondary now. They have a good selection of offensive pieces. With you know, actually one of the best selection of offensive pieces. You have Kenneth Walker, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Maybe he goes one more season. Maybe he retires. But even then, you have JSN, right? So you have a good stable of uh offensive weapons for any young QB to come in. So I don't know. Do they trade for Malik Willis? Maybe he gets a second chance. If will Levis stays, you know, the, as as the starter for the Titans, uh, do they trade for, I don't know, Desmond Ritter, maybe like, you know, if they can't get any of the top, you know, five QBs, let's say, or do they draft, let's say JJ McCarthy at the end of the first round Mm. or Michael Penix, you know? So, yeah, Michael Penix yeah. from you,
1: job from Washington yeah. Bellevue.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So there there are options for the Seahawks, and it's going to be an interesting offseason this year. But I think they're they're definitely a playoff team. Uh they're they're going to be like the fifth seed in the NFC right now. A tough wild card. Um, yeah. For NFC, so, so. NFC West contender. Yeah. So they're going to be second in the NFC West. So that means fifth overall in the NFC playoffs. Mm-hmm. So yeah, but I, uh, still, then I, I think it's a victory for you guys. There, it's gonna be tough, but it's gonna it's, be a victory.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so we both had the Eagles going three and two. So with that, it, um, but then their back-to-back game, but then the last three games is versus Giants, versus Cardinals at Giants. So it, I'd be easily go three and zero oh that uh, for the last three games, but the gauntlet. Um, we both have the Eagles going three and two. So with eight and one, they're going three and two. So I think they'll be in time to go like eleven and three, which is actually not bad. Eleven and yeah. three is not bad. Yeah. I mean, if, if they make those games competitive, the Eagles can win at least three of those two, five, three of those five games in this gauntlet. Then I think um, they should have the NFC division, NFC um, the number one spot, and the NFC East. Wrapped up. But then again, any given Sunday, you've seen crazy
0: things happen. Mm-hmm. Alrighty. Moving on to the final segment of this episode, the Masala Games of the Week preview, and we're going to try and wrap this up here. Um, Starting with my pick, and that's going to be the Texas versus the Bengals. This is going to be a very Whoa, interesting show. I love it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I First love time. It. I'm giving some love to the Texans. You know, they have been counted out for so long, you know, and rightfully so. They haven't been, you know, uh, a fantastic team. But with the emergence of CJ Stroud, this is a team to watch, right? If they get some more pieces in this offseason, they have one of the highest salary caps this offseason. Uh, if they spend the money wisely, draft wisely, it looks like they have they have a good stable of like... They can really turn this around into a playoff team next year if they do this offseason well. And, you know, they've shown real promise, especially with C.J. Stroud running uh, this offense because, you know, the Texans right now with C.J. Stroud, third best passing DVOA offense ahead Of the Miami Dolphins. The third best passing DVOA offense. In the league. With players like. Nico Collins. As your number one wide receiver. Noah Brown. Kank Dell Rookie. And Robert Woods. The old veteran. So. It's astonishing. The amount of success that CJ Stroud has had. With the Texans this year. Um obviously it's it's coming from that you know Kyle Shanahan coaching tree where they have the uh the offensive coordinator from from the 49ers last year they have that uh Demico Ryan, Ryan brought them in uh to the Texans this year so you can clearly see that effect happening here um a nice scheme for the um for the Texans to for CJ Stroud to be working with and you know this is going to be a very interesting matchup here with CJ Stroud and this really good passing offense facing an elite defense known to suffocate even the most creative offenses, right? Bengals, technically in DVOA, they're ranked 10th. But, you know, if you look at the record for the Bengals, uh, how many of the top offenses they've suffocated, look at the Seahawks, 13 points, Niners, 17 points, Bills, 18 points, right? Right. So all of their victories this past three weeks have kept the opposing, you know, top ten offense under twenty points. So it's going to be very interesting to see this Texans team, this Texans passing team, face um, the uh, this top ten ranked uh, passing defense from the Bengals. So this past week, C.J. Stroud did break another rookie passing record in terms of yards in a game with 470. He had 470 passing yards this past week. And since week four, C.J. Stroud has the second highest EPA per play amongst all quarterbacks in this league. With this talent of a banged up Texans O-line, Damian Pierce out, their number one running back, Nico Collins, who's also out as a number one wide receiver. So now their number one wide receiver is either Noah Brown or Tank Dell. Tank Dell, who's a rookie, John Mechie, Robert Woods, you know, question mark, uh questionable, and then Dalton Schultz as your tight end. Like, the way that he's been able to masterfully handled this offense has been spectacular uh you look at how many of their um how many of the texans o-line men have been you know kind of rotating in and out uh finally they have a pretty stable core now with laramie tunsel titus howard uh on the left side shaq mason george Fran on the right side and michael dieter as the center so even then it's It's been very, very nice to see. Uh, it's been a good revelation for us to see C.J. Stroud be this proficient as a rookie with the lack, honestly, the lack of talent. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if the Texans move up and get Marvin Harrison. Could you imagine Marvin oh Harrison Jr. God. going back and playing with his old-time favorite college quarterback, C.J. Stroud, at, from Ohio State? That, that would be insane killer offense, killer offense. Um, but yeah, so the Texans, you know, for the Bengals defense, the one thing to keep in mind is that the Texans are running uh one tight end personnel 84% of the time, so either 11 or 21 personnel 84% of the time, which puts them you know top five in the league. So that's something that the Bengals can, uh, Bengals defense can attack, really. Um, Now, for me, this is going to be a battle of the quarterbacks. CJ Stroud, second highest EPA per play since week five. Joe Burrow since week five, 75.8% completion percentage. Best among the entire league. 10 passing touchdowns, 111 passer rating best or tied best amongst all qbs with three or more starts so um this is going to be pretty you know pretty much a revelation especially against a weak titans pass defense they're only 26 in the dvoa so for me i expect a shootout and i expect the texans to pull off an upset 31-28. 31-28. They get the game-winning field goal, and CJ Stroud is there to master another victory for the Texans. Huh. That yeah. would be crazy. And fun it would be watch. crazy if this happens, but most likely the Bengals are going to win. Um, I think the Bengals' defense is is nothing to scoff at. They're probably the third best defense in the AFC behind, you know, the Chiefs and the Ravens or, and the Browns. So fourth best at this point. So, but yeah, uh, if you look at how well CJ Strat has been playing, I'm going to put my money on him and bet that the Texans are going to pull off this victory.
1: Man, that would be crazy to see. But then again, I mean, I would trust Joe Burrow. To um, for I, I mean, I would trust Joe Burrow to like win this game because he's been in situations like this, even with but then again, like with the wide receivers that they currently have, and if his receiving options are like healthy at the moment, but it's just insane. I think I, I would not be surprised if the um, if the Texans Paul the upset, but I think Bengals still win it.
0: Yeah, I agree, I agree. I mean, I can see that yeah well that's amazing Anant.
1: um my game of the week is gonna be niners versus jaguars Ooh. playoff caliber teams going head to head in good old sunny florida and no i don't plan this to be another ruxia curse i am sorry <laughs> <laughs> but um, well, we gotta look at this first. Jags, uh, and this has been two teams going in two completely direction, two completely different directions. The Niners having a five game winning streak from week one to week five, then they lose the last three. Jags are currently on a five game winning streak, playing in the road. I mean. Two completely opposite directions. You can't get anything better. But with this, we let's do a little bit of a breakdown. Off Jags offense versus the Niners defense. Jags offense. They are apparently 13th in offensive DVOA. 10th in the pass, 19th in the rush. And they're going up against a Niners defense, which is 15th in defensive DVOA overall. 11th against the pass and 25th against the rush. Um, make sure you circle that, folks. 25th versus the rush because... Apparently they're bad. This Niners defense is very, very shaky against run against teams that run the ball. And however, with this, the Niners did get better in the defensive line when they acquired Chase Young. This is the same Chase Young according to PF, uh, um, according to Pro Football Focus. He has five sacks and he's tied eight with 38 QB pressures via pro football focus and they were able to pick him up from the commanders for 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 like a for a conditional third round second round pick third round is, good lord why did the commanders allow this stuff to happen it is just stupid stupid <laughs> that's what i have to, you know like the you stupid no I'm not. Yep. no I'm not <laughs> yep but ironically this is the same Niners defense according to ESPN. They're fifth. They're allowing 86.1 rushing yards per tent. DVOA can be a little bit different, but this, but this is just insane. But like, Jace Young going into this defense, you're, I mean, imagine the, ro- the stupid amount of rotations that they're going to get. Armstead, Hargrave, Bosa, Young, Pharrell. Pinlock, Gregory pick your poison literally that pass rush is terrifying when it hits home and the the jags counter they i mean this is just insane and but i think like the only way the only thing that that they have to do is stop the running attack that features a dynamic threat of one person Mr. Travis Etienne Jr. This me, I mean, this guy is—he's um, just. Ins- he, I mean, although some production has been varied, he's—he's he's actually played very well. I mean, out of eight games played, he is—he's um, had like so far in eight games he has played, he's average. He's had like 583 total yards of rushing. He's been averaging about 72.9 yards per game. And um, it and and I and also here's the big news: Trevor Lawrence actually got some additional help. Um, and I and this was a good move by Trent balky They get the Jags getting a, an additional depth in guard for Ezra Cleveland from the Vikings. And and this is actually the second time, the second week, the second week that the Jaguars are playing with a starting o-line that has been intact they've had they've had to play mix and match multiple times but they're entering the they're entering um with the same starting offensive line for the second week in a row which is huge but they need but i but again like the biggest thing that's been plaguing the, the jaguars has been that turnovers Trevor Lawrence has been a, has been a good quarterback so far, averaging at least having a 68% completion rate. but he has been sacked 19 times. He's had four interceptions and and, and, and again, like the turnovers have to, I mean, yeah, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers on the offensive side that that is the big key and he's given up two turn and he's given up two fumbles and lost one he's thrown for four interceptions so and unfortunately the jaguars are going to be without their their starting wide receivers zay jones who provides that speed option uh, but luckily they're able uh, luckily they have like other um uh, other um uh, other um star players to help him out christian kirk um, I mean, I don't know why you pay big money for him, but apparently he's performing well. Calvin Redley, who's been having a bit of a drop off, he's still a he's still a threat when he actually catches the ball. Um, Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne Jr. Don't forget Jamal Agnew, who can play a good speedster, speed roll. But this isn't this should be the opportunity when Doug Peterson focuses heavily on that run game, and I think that this is that this is going to be the biggest test for the um for the for the 49ers defensive line if they cannot stop the run and that that secondary um led by Traver that that San Francisco secondary led by Travis Ward and um De- De Lenore I think Lenore is going to be a weak point um and Talanohofunga to Sean Gibson Jr. They're, it's going to be a long day if, if Lawrence is able to find those open routes and hit and hit his targets. But then again, the linebackers will have to be on point. Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, and Oren Burks. I mean, they're just phenomenal. And the big news, up Anand, Steve Wilkes is the defensive coordinator for the Niners. He's going to be on the sidelines instead of upstairs at the booth. So big news, I guess, but not that much. But now you're going up now we got to switch it back. Jag's defense against the Niners offense. Um I don't know how to say for the Niners, but
0: good luck. I mean, yeah, this this Jag's defense is something really, you know, really good to hold on uh it's, really good to watch here it's crazy dude like they're
1: um i i was just checking ft fantasy like two minutes ago they're third in team defensive dvoa overall yep they're full they're um fifth against the pass fourth against the rush and for and and what blows my mind is that the niners are back to being the number one ranked offensive in dvoa one against the pass, third against the third with the rush. Which makes no sense to me. Yeah, because-
0: I think that's that's you know kind of illusionary given how the lack of a good performance that they've had uh in these past couple of games. So I think it's gonna be pretty uh exciting to watch um this Jaguars defense eat up the Niners offense.
1: Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I also think Uh, I'm going to use my my high school voice on this one. But for the Niners offense, this has to be the get it right, stupid game for Brock Purdy Mm -hmm. (laughs) in the offense. And they have, I think this will be the game that Debo Samuel returns. So yay, Niners. You're getting more elements of a run game. Jet sweeps, play action. Maybe try a screen game. I mean... Can can I ask for more on a like screen game? Maybe? Show me some creativity on this one. And Mm -hmm. apparently, I have news that Aaron, um, that Niners left guard Aaron Banks is gonna be out for this game. Trent Williams is so questionable. So that left guard position, I think. Do the Niners go 21 personnel? Do they go 12 or 13 personnel? But but I think like with uh, and another crazy stat that I saw from, um, from the SB nation for Niners, um, Brock Purdy has been bad in road games. His, he is, is, um, his completion rate dips to 12%. When he's a percent, 12% completion rate,
0: it dips. Oh, you mean it decreases by 12%? It decreases by 12%. Okay. I thought you meant his completion rate overall is 12. Oh, no. Okay. No. Oh, hell no. That's not that, yeah. that is not not
1: true, but it is like but I mean the Niners, they can lean more on 21 personnel because they're they're really good against those that play like a base defense and base defense that's what the jaguars play um is base defense is basically four three you're going four defensive linemen three linebackers um and they'll play a lot of that base defense they'll play that very big on the early downs first and second and when you go third down they will bring in the hurt i mean this is going to be a big day for those jaguars linebackers Devin Lloyd, Josh Allen, the Jaguars version of Josh Allen. The I want to say right now, the right Josh Allen. Um, Alola Khan and Trayvon Walker. I mean, Trayvon Walker being the first pick last year, he's been playing pretty damn well as a, as a number one pick.
0: Like, don't you agree with that?
1: Like, mm-hmm.
0: I mean, this is- not as great as Aiden Hutchinson, but still pretty good. I I mean like it, it's just
1: um it, it's i it's just too much this to it, it's it's just insane like this is a I mean I don't know how how you can stop this Jaguars pressure this um Jaguars um defense man it's the only thing like you can expect from Jaguars they will stack the box they will bring they will bring like almost like their entire defense in towards that middle of the area. They do that usually like 49% of the place. This is according to Sports Info Solutions um, from the Niners Nation's block pass. And this is a Jaguars defense that is giving up 16.2 points per game during that five-game winning streak. 16 games! It's just... I mean, but and then of course... There's the, the there's the doubt that Brock Purdy will have a tendency of um per, of like giving the ball away via turnovers via picks and interceptions when he goes up against like very tough defenses. Brock Purdy has not played well. I mean, you saw the game against the Vikings, it uh, which which was like playing not that bad. Cleveland Cleveland really locked up those players in Cincinnati. And I think, like with the Niners, they got to feed the ball more to Christian McCaffrey, and they have to rely a lot on their playmakers, like Kittle, Ayuk, and, uh, and Kittle, Ayuk, Debo, um, and their and, and any and any other weapons that they got. But and the only way the Jags win that that the attack like win through the trenches. Uh, this is this is definitely a tough matchup but I think the Jaguars will win this game not only because not only because I want to and because of my old coach Doug Peterson but I think they have the better defense and the better personnel around it and even though the Niners had a bye and they just added Chase Young and some depth to it it's I don't think it's going to be enough for Brock Purdy. It's going to be a long day. The Jaguars will win this game 23 to 16. Ooh,
0: okay. I can see that happening. I think the Jaguars are gonna bin, win by a larger margin. Uh, probably like twenty-eight to like seventeen-ish. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. I think this is a really good matchup to watch for. Uh, so yeah. So that's gonna conclude the uh, preview episode, uh, preview segment. For this episode, and that's going to conclude the episode for today. So if you guys have enjoyed it, please leave us a review at one of the four podcast platforms that we host this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Pocket Cast, or send us an email at nflmasala at gmail.com. Spelled as NFL M-A-S-A-L-A at gmail.com. Or Rakshak, what can they do? Um, you
1: you can follow us on our Instagram page, which is at NFL M-A-S-A-L-A-2022. That is all lowercase. At NFL
0: Masala two zero two two, or you can uh, follow us now on Twitter with the same handle NFL Masala two zero two two. That's gonna be it for this episode. So we're gonna hit you with our signature outro: Go pack, go and fly, Eagles fly. Take care and have a great day.